had to show him that I took responsibility and I am a changed person today. I made a mistake when I was 16, 17. I didn't know any better. And I made a mistake and I, I did my time and I'm here today. Hey there, my name is Kim and this is my podcast, Power Up Your Performance. I believe that we have the power to rewrite our stories, change the trajectory of our lives, pour love into the world, conquer monumental challenges, and that movement can be a catalyst for change. Let's grow together. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. My name is Kim Peek, and I'm so happy you're here. Today, I want to ask you, are you willing to do the work to change your life? We are four weeks into a new year, a year you probably started with big dreams and hopes for the future. Are you willing to do the work? Are you willing to be bold and take a stand for your dreams when people mock you or are headed down a different path? Would you have the courage to walk away from people who are bad influences, who do not have your best interest in mind? I'm excited to introduce you to today's guest, Danny Navarro Jr. Danny spent 120 months in federal prison after being charged at just 18 years old. In this episode, we'll explore the sobering reality of ex-prisoners trying to find their place in their communities after release. Danny shares some of the challenges he faced after leaving prison and how he got his start in real estate in Los Angeles. Most importantly, he'll share the ways he changed his life and his mindset so he could beat the odds and stay out of prison. Danny realized no one was going to rescue him. He'd need faith in something greater than himself, and he'd need to put in the work required for change. He broke free from becoming a statistic, finding new strength and an incredible mindset along the way. If you listen closely, you can be filled with hope and possibility. If Danny could make these powerful changes despite all that stood against him, then you can too, no matter what challenges lie ahead. I hope this interview with Danny Navarro Jr. leaves you inspired. Welcome Got to it. the show, Danny. I am so excited to talk to you today. Thank you, Kimberly. I appreciate it, and I'm excited to be on your podcast, and I'm excited to just share my wisdom. I've already read your bio to everybody, so I just want to jump right in. I found an interesting statistic that I wanted to get just your impression on. This is from the U.S. Department of Justice, and it says that over 10,000 ex-prisoners are released from America's state and federal prisons every week and arrive at the doorsteps of our nation's communities. More than 650,000 ex-offenders are released from prison every year, and studies show that approximately two-thirds will likely be rearrested within three years of release. Now, you have wow. an amazing success story. What wow. do you think made you different? Well, that gives me chills, first off. To think about that. Odds are not good. So yeah, exactly. how did you overcome that? Well, um, I went in really young. I was only 18. Um, and I, I was sentenced to 120 months in, in federal prison. And I, I want to say it really started maybe my second or third year into prison where I decided that I wanted to come out better than how I came in. And, and that was like the number one thing. I'm like, I, I, I got to get better. I got to get better every single day. Uh, and I made that decision and, and that, that pivoting point was, first of all, like I never read, I never went to school. Uh, I didn't graduate. I got my GED in prison. So all I knew growing up was uh, to be in the street, get involved with gangs and, and sell drugs. That, that was my life growing up. 
And uh, so that, that second or third year, I was obviously getting accustomed to doing my sentence um, and, and getting used to being in prison and, and understand that this is my life. This is going to be my life for the next 10 years. If I'm, if I, if God willing, everything works out, I can be out on seven and a half years if I do with good time and everything. But my mental, my mental space was like, I'm going to do 10 years. I'm going to come out at 28 years old. And that was it. That was just like, if anything better than that, and that's what it is. I met this guy, this guy, Billy from New York, and I'll never forget him because he really had a huge impact in my life. I, I was reading a, a novel and he's like, I think it was like a, just like a famous novel. I don't remember my bunk. And he's like, what are you doing? What are you reading all this junk for? I'm like, well, what do you want me to read? Like, I, I mean, this is what we read in jail. Um, and he's like, stop reading that bullshit. And, and he gave me a, a Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hero book. And that was like the awakening. Like, this is like, I was like, what the heck is this? So I read the book and I was, I didn't, I didn't, mind you, I didn't even know what personal development was. Like, what's personal development? What's, what's, what's self-improvement? Like, so I picked up that book and I read it and I, and I just, I just indulged the book. I indulged the, in just really just read the book. And I was like, man, what is this? Like, what, you know, what, what, like, give me another book. Like I read the book and I was just like amazed by the teachings of it, of, of Think and Grow Rich. And that was a starting point of my change. I, I, I didn't, I made a decision. And from there, it was just day after day, I was working on, on becoming better for this day out here. Wow. They always say that your environment affects so much of your life. And, you know, whatever you were doing before you went to prison, obviously that environment was not an environment that was giving you the the skills you needed to stay out of prison. But what about that environment in prison as far as like, I, I would imagine it's hard to find that group of people you're going to hang out with that are going to challenge you and say, Hey, what are you reading that garbage? Why are you reading that? This is something better. How did you find yourself among people who were going to challenge you? So like environments, everything, right? Environments is the most is critical. And, and um, when I was outside, my environment was my environment. That was, that was how it was. Right. I mean, I grew up around criminals and drug dealers and gang members and, and, you know, parents that weren't with each other. And, um, and, and that's all I known at the time. And so when I went in prison, you have to decide where you're going to, who you're going to run with. Right. And, um, and, and you run with the Mexicans, you run with the blacks, you run with the whites, whatever it is. Right. And, and obviously I was already affiliated with gangs. So I ran with the Mexican gangs and, and so in there, right. Like, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that happened that, that actually I, I, you know, I just had to work on and, and, and learn how to maneuver through the trouble. What kept me on my path was staying busy. So, you know, we, I would work, I would go work out uh, on my free time. I would read. I wasn't in the, in the rooms that where they were, you know, watching the games, watching the movies, watching the, I was, I was away. I would be reading. And that really kept me on my path of, of staying out of trouble. I mean, but we, we get in trouble. You have to get in. I mean, it's just part of being, it's part of prison politics. I mean, you can't run from it. Um, but you, I was able to get away from staying busy with my life and I would go to school. So I was busy all day long that I didn't have much time to get in trouble. Just like out here, right? Like, I mean, a kid, if you don't keep a kid busy, they're going to get in trouble. And it was very similar. And so then once you got out, 
how do you how did you get acclimated to re-entry to the regular world and avoid going back to those old ways and the old people that got you in those that area of trouble to begin with? I was released in 2012, 2000, mid-2012, and, um, and mind you, I was 26, 27-ish. So uh, from 18 to 27, right? I didn't, I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know how to text. I didn't know how to ride a, ride a bus. I didn't know how to email. I had my brother do an email for me um, to set up an email. I didn't know how to apply for a job because I never worked. I never had a job. Wow. Um, so it was very, 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 very difficult. Um, the day I got released, I told my mom, I didn't want to have any, I didn't want to have anyone over. Don't bring anyone to the house. I need to be by myself. I just don't want to get, I don't want to see people. So what does she do? She's being a good mom. She has family there. And, and I literally had a panic attack uh, mm-hmm. the day I got home. And I, I would never, ever, ever forget this day. I, I get home. I, first, I get released. And I, 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 all I wanted was a Frappuccino from Starbucks. <laughs> um, that was all I wanted. Um, and then from there, you know, we, we, we went home and um, the, everyone around me, the house didn't change. The, there was a burn on the floor that was from an iron that I did when I was like 15 and it was still there. So I was like playing stuff back in my head, like, oh, my God. So it was very, very difficult getting accustomed to being released, being out of prison. I, I was I, I had to go to a halfway house for six months. And and that that honestly was the worst thing because I felt like I was in jail again. And it, oh. these, these places are supposed to help you, but they don't even help you. You know, they don't they, they're supposed to help you get look for a job and change and do all this stuff. But these they treat you like a prisoner in there. Um, so, you know, I started looking for work. I started trying to find a job and and I would and and it was I that when I got out, I was I realized how easy it was to go back in because it it it's it's set up to fail. And if it, if I didn't have a strong support system, I would not be where I'm at today. Having the support system with my family that supported me along this journey. My daughter and I went to the Savannah Film Festival this year and we watched a documentary about one of the women, and I'm completely blanking on the name, but it was one of the women who went to prison for retaliating against her abuser. So she was being abused by her boyfriend or husband. She killed him and ended up having to go to prison. And it it was so interesting to me because so many things about the system worked against her. And I mean, just the way the documentary was laid out, I don't even think the woman got a fair trial. And then when we were listening to the um, directors afterwards, they were in the audience and they talked to us afterwards. They were saying, yeah, and sadly, she is back in prison now because there wasn't that support. So like she couldn't get a job. She didn't have people who like a place to live. And so she had to go back to her old ways to support herself. And so she was back in jail for s- dealing drugs. Yep. Yep. And I'm like, that's just like, we, I feel like this is one of the reasons I was so interested in talking to you is I just don't feel like we do a good job of setting people up for success. So where did you go? How did you find the people to lean on that would help you find your way and give you those breaks? 
when I got out of prison? Yeah. I'm just replaying this, like just, I'm going back, right? I'm going back into 2013 and nothing worked. Everything I did didn't work. Like I try to work at this landscaping company. Um, it just, just, just didn't work. I, I worked at Costco. Um, like I never had any money. I just kept working just to pay the bills. And, and mind you, my mom at the time was like, she's like, get on your feet. Like, I'm not going to charge you rent. And I still had no money, gas and food and everything. Um, so it was very, very difficult. And those times, like I just, just thinking about it today, like just me, me going back and I had, you know, multiple construction jobs and stuff like that. And, but I had a desire. I had a desire to change my life. I had a desire to want to do something better. And I only had one more shot. Like if I would have went, if I, if I would have gotten in trouble again, I was going to do 20 years, 20 plus years, a criminal enhancement, they times two, right? I also went through many different journeys, right? I mean, I, I was, I was 26. I was a kid, 26, 27. I was a kid. So I would, I would party, I would drink, I would go to clubs. I, I still had to go through that. And, and in my head, I found I was 18 out here. Mm. But the, I, to answer your question, it was desire with myself that I wanted to do something. I wanted to get into real estate. And to this day, I'm forever grateful for a friend, uh, a guy that I reached out on Instagram that gave me a shot at real estate. His dad was, um, he did like a bunch of prison time. So that was my rapport with the guy. I'm like, hey, your dad did some time. I did some time. Like, and, and he gave me a shot. And that was the first time that that's when I got into real estate in 2014. And he gave me a chance. Now, were you interested in real estate at all while you were in prison? Were you studying any of that? Or did that all come later after you met this, made this connection? Well, I was always constantly trying to get better. And so I was reading Tony Robbins, Les, Les Brown, Zig Ziglar. I was reading all these personal development books. And I wanted to get into this real estate, but I didn't know what real estate was at the time. I didn't know there was so many different types of real estate. I just knew I wanted to get a real estate. Uh, I wanted to get in real estate and I had a friend time like he should be a real estate agent. And that was where like, I decided to be a real estate agent. And then from a real estate agent, I became, uh, you know, I started doing investing and becoming a real estate developer, um, down the road. So it was just really from him, just an idea that he's like, you know, that, and that was like the entry level, what I would say that made me want to get into this field of a real estate agent. Now, in the beginnings of that career, did you have any struggles getting people to trust you? Did they know your background? Was that something you had to disclose? And just how did people respond to you? So first off, um, it took me about 15 months to get my real estate license. They didn't want to give it to me, mm. obviously, because I was a convicted felon, right? Um, and... I had to apply. I kept getting denied. Uh, the Department of Real Estate kept denying me and saying, no, no, you know what? Um, you know, come back to us when you're off probation. And I got five years probation. Uh, in the federal system, it's probation. So I had to do all those five years. Um, so they kept just wait till you get off probation. I'm like, that's like 33, 32. Like, that's too long. Like, what? You, and they're like, you're never going to get your license. Like, don't even bother trying. You sure you want to appeal this case? And I said, yeah, I want to appeal. I want to, I want to, I'm not going to give up. Um, so I had to go through that process. I got denied like twice. I had to go in front of the department of real estate. And then after that, I went in front of a commissioner um, where he walked, he, it took about maybe three to four hours to 
state my case why I should get my real estate license. And he walked, he, he, he made me go all the way back till I was like 16. And he goes, take me through your life. And that was hard because just like right now in this interview, I'm going back and it's getting me chills and getting, I'll get very emotional um, because I had to walk him through all my life. Are you looking to build a business and live life on your own terms? Look no further than the Digital Dreamer podcast. Join my daughter, Abby, and I as we discuss side hustles, building your brand, digital strategies for connecting with your audience, and selling digital products, and so much more. Get the link in the show notes or search the Digital Dreamer podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to take control of your future. And um, in 2015, I was granted my real estate license. Wow. And and were you granted your license as a result of taking him through your life? Was um, it after that meeting? It was, an, it was yeah, I, I had to prove my case to him that I was able to get my real estate license, that I was capable to like, that I, re, number one, that I took responsibility for what I did. And that was the number one thing. A lot of people don't want to take responsibility and I did. And and I had to show him that I took responsibility and I am a changed person today, that I was a mis- I made a mistake when I was 16, 17. I didn't know any better. And and I made a mistake and I, I did my time and I'm here today. But the beauty of it, you know, and obviously the great, the blessings come from God, but I visualized that getting my license in my head over and over and over and I, I visualized me getting my real estate license, the paper coming in the mail, getting a call from my mom. And mind you, I got my real estate license on federal probation. Unheard of. Unheard wow. of. And, and, and that was all in 2015. So that I had to go through that struggle. And then I had to go the struggle of myself of feeling that unworthiness ashamed, didn't want to disclose, you know, I mean, being, you know, working with certain clients, my clients um, didn't know, like it took a while. Like I never shared anything till one client found out, like he Googled me and and it was a disaster. Like he's like, I'm not, I don't want to work with you. Put me down. And it was a nightmare, but it, it was very, very hard. The first three to five years, honestly, like five years, because not only did I have to build a business, but I had to work on myself because I had to go through all this stuff. I was drinking. I was going out to the clubs. I was out partying because I was I still in my head. I was a kid. And so, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So my business took a while to, to really kick off. And it really started kicking off when I started changing. And I started making my own changes in my own life. Now, did you go to therapy at all to help make those connections and see that you needed to make some changes? Or was it all just through the types of reading that you were doing or something else? I didn't do any therapy. <laughs> we get a counselor, right? When we get out of prison, they set you up the counselor and you kind of, that's sort of therapy, but I really don't think it was therapy. It was really, honestly, it was me having a huge, huge desire to want to do something in my life. And this was a shot because this is the only shot that I had. It was my personal growth, self-development that I built. In these in the eight and a half years I did in prison, it was a mindset that I built in prison, being in the hole, being locked down, taking showers at two, three in the morning in cold, cold water, eating lunch. Like I built this, I built this person who I am today. 
from this incredible mindset that I had that I built in prison. And what would you say are your top mindset tips for this audience? What would you say are the things that we all need to do to to achieve our goals? Top mindset things for me is I start my morning with prayer, prayer, meditation, and then I follow up with writing in my journal. Uh, You know, I I always write what I appreciate for the day, what I appreciate for the week. I get in this space of appreciation and gratitude in my heart. And it can just be like, I'm grateful for my feet, grateful for my, I'm just really come from that space. So I have to get in that space to start my day. And, and then from there, I, I have to have an amazing workout. And those are like the most important things is, is prayer, meditation, you know, getting, may not even be, it might just be quiet time. It's just being by myself early in the morning, talking to myself, talking to my thoughts, followed up with the journaling and then following up with an amazing workout that's going to get me through the day. When you fall back into those places where maybe you have self-pity or, you know, somebody tears into you and they're really mean to you about your past, what do you do to pull yourself out and get yourself back into that positive place? Well, that that took many, many, many years to uh, to work on that. And, it, and, it, and to get to where I'm at today, where I understand that if someone's upset with me or someone, you know, maybe maybe cuts me off or an angry client, that it's not me, that it's them. You know, and I have to give them grace for where they're at in their life and understand that maybe they're going through some stuff. And my opinion never mattered. My opinion doesn't matter. So why should I respond back to them? Um, And I went through many different experiences and situations where I lash back to someone, I'm angry. And then I realized that I'm not even in a good space. They mess up my day. So why am I going to let someone else dictate how I'm going to feel, right? Um, and, and that took many, 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 many years to get to that, that space. And, and it's just constantly controlling my ego, I would say, controlling my ego with my thoughts, you know, every, every day, controlling the thoughts that come in my head to be able to not have that self-pity, not be um, self-doubt and, you know, what you name it. What do you think that we as a society need to do more of? to support people who are getting out of prison to help them be successful. We need to put personal development and personal personal and self-development into some kind of curriculum. I definitely believe that. With it within maybe being released because the system is really bad, the halfway houses are really bad, they're not really set to have. But if we can implement something in into that I think because that's what helped me. That that's what changed my thoughts. That's what made me, you know, recognize that I have triggers. What are a triggers? Can be music. It can be a place. Like, and then what do you do when you have that trigger? You know, do you have a a a, a safety net? Who do you call when you want to take that drink? When you want to go out somewhere and and you know you're not supposed to do like there's certain stuff like that that I think is very helpful for me that that um that has benefited me to stay on track. And what kind of people do you have surrounding you now that support you and who just keep you on track but also just fill your life with joy? 
Well, I, I've been very blessed um, to have amazing mentors and coaches in my life. That's number one. And as I'm being this person that I want to be, that I admire to be, then I'm going to attract those people into my life. If, if, you know, and I have to be this person. So I want to be this successful real estate brokerage agent developer. Um, I have to be around those successful people. If I, I want to be an amazing husband, I got to be around these people that have a 30 year relationship and have, you know, there's no cheating or anything like that. Right. All that stuff. And, and, um, and that's very important. But when I got out, like, I didn't, I, I went around my same friends, my same group of people and, and my same circle, which is not bad. I just, it just, you know, I'm growing and I, I didn't want to stay there. Oh, I, okay. I love this topic too. So what do you do when you are growing and you have people who are trying to drag you back down to their level? How do you rise above that? There's one thing I say every morning to myself. And this is going to go with what else I want to share is that I always, I always pray and just say, I ask God to remove the people that do not have a good intention in my life and to bring the people that I need into my life, because I am busy every single day. And I may not see these people that are around me that are not healthy for me, not good for me because I'm focused on something and I can't see. And, and I have had that happen where I bring people around me and they're envious or they don't have their best intention for me. Um, and I, so I, I, I always ask for that to remove the people. If they're, it doesn't matter, just remove them out of my life. And as I'm growing, I'm going to stop. I, I'm going to socially cleanse these people out of my life and, and vice versa. Maybe people are socially cleansing me out of their life. And, and and that's what I always tell myself every morning. You have had clearly an incredible transformation from what you started out at 18 years old to where you are today. What advice would you have for your 18-year-old self today? So my heart is, is for that 14 to 18-year age kid because that's where I started messing up. Um, so I go into juvenile halls before COVID. I would, you know, give the book Think and Grow Rich. Um, and I, my advice, it's just hard because, I mean, when you're that young, you don't know any better. And sometimes, like, you're just not ready for the information or you're not, you're not ready to grow. You're stubborn. You're hardheaded. Um, so I always tell people, like, the kids is like, you know, you hang around, you want to be a successful drug dealer. What do you do? You hang around drug dealers. You want to be a successful lawyer. Well, get your around, get yourself around successful lawyers. Want to be a successful contractor, real estate agent, doctor. You have to put yourself in that environment. And that, that, and that goes back to what we talked about earlier today. Environment is everything, but not everybody's ready to change. What do you think about People who grow up in environments where they don't have access to maybe even the kind of privilege that your daughter might have growing up, your kids might have, um, who, you know, maybe their parents aren't around and maybe there is nobody helping give it, feeding them these positive messages. What would you say to a kid in that situation to keep them from going down the path that you went down? 
they don't have lawyers in their circle where they can hang out with a lawyer because that's like beyond the realm of their imagination right now. Correct. Um, well, I didn't have that either. So I didn't have any of that. I, I mean, when I, when I got released, um, but as I started seeking something, seeking to get into real estate, that person in real estate showed up. And then that person from real estate went to another person then another person, and then it opened up uh, doors. But I have to want to change. If I don't want to change, then then I then I it's not going to happen. And and that's the thing is that you have to find that person that you want to you want to learn from, you want to grow from. And it may seem super hard when you're in that in that position where you don't have anything positive around you. But if you have a desire to do something, you're going to figure it out. And it's even easier these days with Google, Instagram. Very true. Very true. All right. Is there anything that you want the audience to know? Any thoughts you want to leave them with that I haven't already asked you about? My thoughts would be is that, you know, any anything's possible. You know, really anything's possible. If you if you really put your mind to it, that you definitely can do it. And 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 that's what I would want to say is that like never give up. Stay, stay on the dreams and goals that you want. And maybe you don't hit those goals. Maybe you do, but you know, maybe the goals change. But to just Never give up and keep going after what you want. Because this is an 18-year process that I'm going through. I, I already been out almost 10, 10, like 9, 10 years. So it's been an on-growing, you know, to get to where I'm at. But just never give up. I mean, no matter what, I don't, it, it, it never give up, take responsibility and, and go after it. Well, it has been amazing talking to you. And I wish you so much success in life and in your investing and in real estate. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me for season four of Power Up Your Performance. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend, rate, review, and follow. Dream big and get out there and explore.